It's so good to be here. It's really good to be here just because I kind of grew up down the road, like not too far from here. I'm from Albury. Um, oh yeah, three people from Albury in here. <laughs> awesome. Um, so yeah, I, like I said, I grew up down the road just in Albury, just past the, well, right by the M5 uh, junction where Toys R Us used to be. I came down last night and saw that it's closed. It's like, ah. Oh. So many childhood memories. <laughs> I, think I, I think I bought my first N64, Nintendo 64 from there, <laughs> which is amazing. Um, but yeah, um, I came here to, to tell you a bit about like CAF, but also like my story um, growing up here. And yeah, uh, the, one of the things that led me to CAF was my childhood. And so, like I said, I grew up not too far from here, down in Albury, and um, uh, I was raised uh, by my mom. I got two sisters, um, Sherelle and Shona. Sherelle's like two years older than me, she's 30, and Shona's four years younger than me, she's like 24, so I'm 28 if you, if you haven't done the math yet. Um, <laughs> and yeah, we grew up, I, I believe I had a fantastic upbringing, a fantastic life, um, but it's only when you look back in retrospect and you look back in comparison where you see where your life differed to like everybody else, like people surrounding you. And like there was a lot of reason for the difference that was within my household. Um, and so when I was around about, I think about five years old, I don't actually remember like when my parents split, but um, I think it was around about five. Um, so I don't really remember my dad in my ha living in my house. Um, around about five years old, uh, my parents divorced. Um, and by the age of about nine, uh, my dad left and moved to Italy. So I didn't really see my dad much at all. Um, he came back when I was around about 18 years old. Um, but was still a bit of a, you know, a bit of an up and down relationship. It's a you know, it's tumultuous at, at times. Um, and throughout the entirety of my childhood, um, well, not the entirety of my childhood, but throughout this period where I was, what, five going through to 18, um, that's where I felt it was quite difficult um, looking back in hindsight. And so the reason why it was difficult was because when my p before my parents split, there was a lot of debt in our household. Um, a lot of things that my dad had bought and a lot of choices that he made um, that caused the house caused my mum and him to have to pay off a ton of debt, but he left, um, which left my mum with a ton of debt. Um, and now the issue where, where the big issue came in was the fact that my mum wasn't um, born here. So my mum was born and raised in Jamaica, and she was born and raised in like, kind of like the countryside out in Jamaica. And so she lived there until she was 12 years old, and in her years of zero to 12, she learned how to, um, she didn't go to school, she, she learned how to take care of animals. She learned how to take care of her home. She learned how to sew, how to cook, how to clean, how to do all of these different things. So when she came here at 12 years old, she had no form of like formal education. Um, so she didn't know how to read. She didn't know how to write. Um, and it was like a very racist era. And so she goes to school at 12 years old, her and a few of her sisters. Um, and she doesn't have a clue what's put in front of her. You know, she's got books in front of her, doesn't know, have a clue how to read, how to write, how to engage in this in any way, shape or form. Um, and yeah, there's a, a ton of racism thrown into it. And so she ends up throughout her entire school life just defending herself and her sisters, just fighting almost. Um, and so she leaves school. And I don't know if you guys were told this. I know I was told this, but I was told if you, if you don't get good grades, you won't get a good job. If you don't get a good job, you won't amount to much. And, and that was kind of like the, the same not even truth, but that was the same statement that was put over my mum. So when she left school with no form of formal education, she's thinking, what can I do for work? And so from a work perspective, what that meant was my mum worked, which I think is an absolutely incredible job um, because it takes such a loving heart, um, but it just doesn't pay that well. And my mum worked as a carer. 
Um, so she looked after like disabled people. And like I said, I think it's amazing because it's, it takes such a compassionate heart to, to come alongside um, people day to day and help them, like every single day. Um, but because it didn't pay that well, and because there was a ton of debt that my mom and dad accrued, um, it meant that she had to work tons of hours. And so my mom actually worked like 7 a.m. till 10 p.m., seven days a week. Um, so she'd do 105 hours a week, and she'd have one day off every other Sunday. Um, just because if she didn't, um, there was a good chance that our house would be repossessed. And if the house was repossessed, then we'd probably end up in um, an area whereby it's probably a lot more chance that I'll end up in crime and, and tons of things. And she didn't want that for me and my sisters. And so, yeah, she chose to sacrifice and work relentlessly. And yeah, like I said, I, I, I thought this was normal. So like, to wake up and not see your mom because she's already left for work. You know, my mom would leave my house about 10 past 6 a.m. You know, I'd be up about, what, quarter past seven, half seven. Like my mom was already gone. Um, you know, and this is at like six years old. You know, so this is it's a good thing like we we're in hindsight because child, ser <laughs> child services probably would have been, been called. Um, but yeah, it was a choice that my mom had to make. And so my, my older sister raised me, who was two years older. So she was the one cooking and cleaning um, for me and my, um, for me and my uh, younger sister. And like we'd have my aunt come around to check in on us and our neighbors at times. Um, but yeah, our house was, even though my mom was Christian and she brought us to church every Sunday through sending the church van to us. Um, and then the odd occasions where she could come, she'd come with us. Um, there was a lot of darkness. And that darkness for us looked like poverty. And it was great that we had a church because the church, they were the ones who would pierce the, our darkness with light in so many different ways. It was just simple things, but it was so good. They loved on us. Like me and my two sisters, they loved on us so much. And I was an unruly kid. Like, man, <laughs> I put it down to curiosity, personally. <laughs> like, I think curiosity is what drove me into a lot of like, yeah, challenging situations for other people. <laughs> you know, I, I remember when I was a kid, I used to like stand at the top of the, well, I used to try and see how far I could jump down the stairs. So I'd try and like, I had the six step jump. I think now nah, I could do better. <laughs> and I'd jump into the point where I was jumping over the banister and then trying to go all the way down. Like I'd, I'd do loads of crazy stuff, but I ended up um, at church. I, I was a kid who end, actually ended up in fights at church. Um, because <laughs> there'd be other kids my age and we'd all say stuff about each other and then someone would say something about my mom and I, I, I adored my mom um, and then I'd end up fighting. And it was bad and it was, uh, this is something I'm actually quite proud of. So yesterday I was at a men's conference and we had a, you know the punching machines? You sometimes see them in a pub. Top the record. <laughs> I managed to get 987, I was so proud. So like when I'd have fights with kids at church, it was bad. <laughs> Some kids would get hurt. <laughs> um, but the thing is, within that darkness that I brought in, to, to an extent, the people still loved on me. They didn't outcast me, they didn't banish me. I wasn't um, pushed to the side in any way, shape or form. I had to sit by myself during Sunday school. They still embraced me and they still embraced my mom and all that my mom was going through because my mom essentially just bunged three kids <laughs> on the church to take care of them because she couldn't in so many different ways. And so I've come here mainly to encourage you guys because this life skills um, service that you guys are about to start is absolutely tremendous. If there was something like that when I was growing up, I would have adored it because what that meant for me is if my mom knew how to live on a low income, that would have meant she could have put less time into work, which means I would have grew up with my mom more. You know, my dad left and I didn't have my mom around because she was just trying to keep the roof over our head. 
And so someone being able to teach my mum how to manage money a little bit better, maybe, or help with her debt in some way, shape, or form, that to me translates as time with my mum. And, and that's something I can't get back. You know, there's, there's times now where we get to spend time together. Like last week, she came up to Bradford, where I now live, and we spent a weekend together, which was amazing. But, you know, that's the time that's gone is, is gone. And so the light, this light that you guys will, will pierce this darkness with is so profound. And it's done in so many different ways, in simple ways which you could overlook. Like there was one woman at church that knew our, our, our situation and our circumstance, um, Sister Martin, we used to call her. And she would always buy cakes for us after church. There was, we always had like a building program and so her contribution was she'd make cakes and sell them at church. And she'd always give them us for free because she knew we didn't have much. Do you know what I mean? Just the simple things. Like, piercing the light doesn't mean you have to stand up in front of a room and preach the gospel or stand on the corner of Bearwood and right at the bus depot and start handing out tracts to people. It's done in so many different ways, and oftentimes that looks like love. And so this congregation could change in so many different ways. You, can, you could have people coming in here who are a bit like me, like scrapping at the back by the, by the little dinner tables <laughs> or something. But pierce that darkness with light. That's what, God, that's what God calls us to do. That's what Christ did. He pierced darkness with light. I, I love Matthew chapter 5 and verse 14, how it speaks about, you know, we're a lighthouse. We're a, we're, don't hide your light under a bushel or under a bowl. It speaks about, you know, let your light so shine. And our light shine, shine, can shine, sorry, in so many different ways. Like so many different ways. And I mainly stand up here just as someone who's been impacted by light. Because I think uh, if there wasn't a church that was pouring into me, I, wouldn't, God wouldn't have, I don't feel like God would have saved me on my 18th birthday. I felt like there was sowing seed within me that then germinated and took place. And boom, I've come forth to faith, which is fantastic. There were people pouring into me. And now I end up st- standing in front of a room ex- like encouraging you guys to do the same thing. Um, and there are so many people who would have in life just ripped me off. So many of my teachers did. Loads of my teachers I remember being interviewed at school um, <laughs> for my RE exam. I, I was predicted an E, and I ended up getting a B, and I was sat by this girl who got an A, so they were like, oh, he must have cheated. <laughs> like, kind of, there's no way Tyrone's getting a B. <laughs> like, and I remember I was randomly called into a room, and I was just interviewed just there and then on the spot. There was no preempting or anything like that, and I had to just answer these questions about RE and Christianity and all these different things. But I was written off by so many people, and I think the one thing that we we can't do as Christians is to write people off. Because, man, uh, you know, we, we hear about Paul's messages and Paul speaks about, you know, sinners. I was the chief of sinners. <laughs> do you know what I mean? He speaks about how he persecuted the church, how he did so many different things that would have written him off. Um, but yet he wrote the majority of the New Testament. You know, our light can transform so many people's lives. And and that's what I want to encourage you guys in. So this life skill service that you guys are, are launching is absolutely tremendous. And the impacts that you'll have will go far further than you can imagine. I'm telling you, it'll go far further than you can think. Just the simplest of things, teaching someone how to budget, which could give them time, which could help them to yeah, be around their family more, which could help to ease pressure and stress and, and help to not trigger things like depression and things like that within their life. And that's priceless. <coughs> but the mo- most of all, beyond that, wha- well, what is truly priceless is the gospel and seeing that truly transform their lives because we know that we want to see them brought into a family. 
like this, a congregation of people who love each other, um, who will love on them. You know, I, I love the scriptures in, you know, like um, in John, it speaks about like the world will know you because of how you love each other. And that's essentially this light. That's the light that we have to pierce this darkness with. It's with love. How we love one another. And when people like myself come into church, man, how we love them. So yeah, so CAP Life Skills. Essentially, in a nutshell, if I was to put it in one sentence, um, Life Skills is all about teaching people how to live on a low income. All right, so it's teaching people how to live on a low income. Um, and it was birthed out of, uh, is, is anyone familiar with CAP Money by any chance? Yeah. yeah, so CAP Money is essentially like a course, which, a three-week course which teaches you how to budget. Um, that's all it does. Um, but in the teaching of budgeting, um, quite a few people fed back, uh, quite a few CAP Money coaches fed back that there were issues outside of this. So people were learning how to budget and then it would unearth the fact that, oh man, I'm, I don't really know how to look after my money or there are other influencing factors which are contributing to the fact that I need to budget and so how can we address these things and so life skills is quite broad it teaches people like how to have and maintain healthy relationships because how that can impact your finances it teaches you things like um, how to lift pressure off of your shoulders and these are all great things but like I say it's quite broad um, but then it also teaches like cooking on a budget so cooking on a budget is fantastic. Um, so there are things like, for example, how to cook a meal um, that will last a few, sorry, not one meal, but how to cook that will last for a few meals rather than cooking to last for one uh, meal specifically. Does that make sense? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I know you whip up some pasta and some uh, bolognese. Or so, uh, student in me, this is. <laughs> you can tell I don't do much cooking around the house, but yeah, just whip up some bolognese and, and pasta and it'll last you a few days rather than cooking a meal each time and then your shopping goes faster and therefore you've got to replenish quicker and your money goes quicker. So it'll teach you those simple things as well. Um, and so, yeah, there's a lot of things as well. There's also, like I said, it teaches you how to have and maintain healthy relationships. And I think this is um, an aspect that's crucial as well. So it will look at things like um, how to communicate because that creates a lot of discord and then can create a lot of pressure and can create a lot of stress and things of that nature. Learning how to trust, um, teaching things like forgiveness. And, and these things are great because they're great practical things to learn, but they're also a great way of influencing, uh, bringing the gospel into it. Into the, um, into the course. And so, yeah, CAP Life Skills. Personally, I think it's fantastic because it's quite broad and it's most um, malleable, it's most changeable. So there are quite a few churches that run it alongside like a mums and tots group. And you have like a lot of single moms who come to it. Um, but then you can run it on an evening and like you can imp imp implement guys, families, kids, everything because it can all be integrated and you can change it to kind of make it your own to really fit your church. And so it, it's not about just fitting the, ca the, the uh, vision of CAP. It's about fitting the vision of Church Central and how you guys want to reach Bearwood and the surrounding communities. So yeah, in a nutshell, it is all about teaching people how to live on a low income. And that's essentially what you're going to do. So there'll be a bunch of people coming in who will be living on a low income, essentially. And so yeah, it'll be all about embracing those people and helping those guys how however best you can. Hopefully that makes sense. <laughs>